A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We might just be in France, but this is global. These players are icons, their stories are noble. In fact, each story into the game is gotten. It's way more than just a game. It's a player's story into the pitch and all that she overcame. It's football 2019 and this is its brand new face. Football Inside Out by Copper 90. Yo, welcome to the show. My name is Monkey. And I'm Heath. And this is Football Inside Out, a podcast from Copa 90. Uh, we're coming to you every day from the Copa 90 Clubhouse in Paris, bringing you all the excitement from the 2019 Women's World Cup in France. And you are not going to believe what we have in store for you today. We speak with New Zealand's Ali Riley, the captain of the national team. And Ellie Minjim gives us the inside score and everything you really need to know about New Zealand. But first off, we have a little recap from last night's matches as part of the five things that you need to know on and off the pitch going into every single day. Football Inside Out by Copper 90. Number one of the five things you need to know going into every day. Argentina got their first ever points at a World Cup. It's the first time avoiding a loss. Big up Argentina. Yeah, apparently gave up 33 goals prior to Jeez. today. Not only that, it was against Japan as well, ranked seventh in the world. Argentina are ranked 30. Places later, 37th. Wow. So number two, Japan were very underwhelming, at least in my opinion. I thought going into today that maybe Scotland could get some points against Argentina, but they were scrappy. They look good. And now I feel like that second place spot is up for grabs. Yeah, I feel like the group's wide open now. Um, it was a nil-nil draw and they weren't really fast-paced. Not the fast-paced passing that we used to. Yeah. I think Scotland I want Scotland and England to go through. That's yeah. what I want to happen. But I, I'm afraid it's the end of a reign of Japan of sort of superiority because so. they were unimpressive though they I'm were. judging them after the first game and it's important to manage uh, group play yeah. you're not always going to be your best you want to continue to get better throughout a tournament right? Argentina were aggressive and yeah. I think that's what the key was yeah because they weren't really that impressive really either yeah there weren't many chances yeah but they know they're not going to be necessarily impressive that's they just true. they their their path is going to be different than say a Japan who has all the pressure on them right? yeah and they, they were so happy like a few yeah. of them like dropped to the floor with happiness yeah which is Makes cool sense. to see number three yep VAR could have been used in the Canada-Cameroon match uh, on the goal that they scored. But it was not. It was not. And I don't know if they're allowed to, but I would assume they're allowed to. They should be able to review after a goal. The goalkeeper was obstructed and could not get to the ball. I don't know if she could have gotten to the ball, but she definitely didn't get there. She was obstructed and a goal was scored. Can VAR be used for every goal scored? Is that an option? I think between that and the next whistle, 
they can they hold can it and then and then ask to be reviewed. The, who has to ask? I think they can recommend you take a look. Yeah. And I think the central referee can also ask, should I take a look? Well, no one asked. Yeah. That was the point. Number four, uh, seventh nil-nil draw in World Cup history, Japan versus Argentina. Wow. Seventh. Seventh. It's actually an unbelievable statistic. You would never think that there's only been seven times in, in history since what 91 right yeah and the last one was in 2015 sweden versus usa yeah do you know what that means what it means people need to work on the defense yeah <laughs> there's a lot of goals yeah but you don't sit and tell me that football's not entertaining if you've only got seven of these since 1991 that's very very give true. the people what they want especially american fans they want action score I want goals. goals i want goals 92 to 93 nba score i'll you be don't. happy you want a hard for defensive line yeah until i start seeing goals and i'm like yeah this is great yeah <laughs> All right, and today we are looking forward. Yes, New Zealand play against the Netherlands, or Holland, if you call them that. Uh, Chile play against Sweden and US against Thailand. Who are you uh, rooting for in these two games? One of them is very obvious, of course. Um, I'd like to see New Zealand play well, obviously beat England in their lead up. I'd like to see Sweden and the US come out strong because I can't wait for that matchup in like a week's time. Okay, well, time. we're both rooting for the same teams then. Wow, finally on the same side, I love it. <laughs> Football Inside Out by Copper 90. What an exciting day. Absolutely. Incredible day. Another exciting day. What day are we in now? I feel like we've been here for a while. Well, all I know is it started last Friday, the World Cup. Mm-hmm. We obviously arrived a day or two in advance. So, five. 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 It's been five days. I wow. feel like I'm practically French. How are you, by the way? We've, we've, we've had so many fun and cool features so far that we haven't actually gotten a chance to chat i'm good yeah we've got a chance to chat but we haven't got a chance to chat about each other yeah Uh, yeah i'm really good i'm enjoying paris um my french is coming on a little bit yeah i spoke someone in french today ordering a pan au chocolat and they did not reply to me on in english all right so since you did that let's hear what you said (laughs) de pan au chocolat s'il vous plaît Woo! and then bonjourne au revoir Wow, that was right, impressive. Yeah. That's plenty of words. How are you getting on? Wait, so they didn't, they didn't respond back to you? No, no English. I know okay. they responded to me in, in French, but no English, which yeah. I was it's, pretty it's, chuffed with. It is pretty arrogant of us as English speakers to assume everybody has learned enough to communicate back with us. Yeah, I know. It is a bad thing that we assume, because most people in the US don't speak any other language. Now, if you go near to, you go near the border states, then obviously you'll get a lot more Spanish, but... A lot of people don't speak anything but English. Yeah, I know. The thing is, though, when I do try and speak another language, quite often people do just reply to me in English because they're just like, You're, that's rubbish. And maybe they feel a bit sorry for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I now speak... You multiple, speak like four languages. Yeah, I speak Portuguese, German, Spanish, and I mean, English is my best language. <laughs> uh, but when I was living in Copenhagen, I lived there for two and a half years, right? And mm. I tried so hard regularly yeah to learn the language so i could understand it and even if i go now i can understand it but i tried to learn to speak it and they're so prideful of their education and ability to speak multiple languages that when i was there every time i'd go into a restaurant and be like i've got this this is you know I, I i'm in on this as soon as i'd let out a message in danish they just switch to english and go like how can i help you yeah like, what do you want yeah. and it was actually detrimental to learning the language not that Danish is the most important language to learn. You know, there's only, it'd be me and like 5 million other people in the world that speak it. But I, I actually did try, but they're so good at English. They would just switch and go like, all right, give up the dream, man. Why, Talk to me Why English. Portuguese? Why do you speak Portuguese? Okay. 
this is actually interesting, but well, I, th- I find it interesting anyway. Maybe the listeners will too. Maybe you will. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was actually living in Germany, when I was playing in the Bundesliga in Germany, I didn't know any German and there was Brazilians on the team mm-hmm. and I spoke Spanish at the time. So every day somebody would translate what the coach or whatever instruction was being given from German to English to tell me, I would think in Spanish and then just try to put like a Portuguese accent <laughs> on the end of it to the Brazilians. <laughs> well, naturally they understood enough to know that like we should follow him around. So for the first six months, I felt like I wasn't learning any German, which I was, you just don't know it. Um, and I was just, I had these three Brazilians by my side every single day asking me to translate things right. for them. So naturally over time, you started to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Naturally over time, you started to understand Portuguese and pick it up. And I just started spending a lot of time just taking the Spanish roots and learning the Portuguese version of it. Mm. Um, and a very, very Brazilian type of more slang type way. And then over time that then playing with more Brazilians or other people, you just start to pick it up. Like Marta, for example, I've, mm-hmm. I've done an all Portuguese interview with her. Oh, no way. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Where can where is that? When uh, did you do that? It's uh, we did it a couple years ago. We went to spend a couple days with the Orlando Pride. Mm-hmm. So we had a show at the time called Walk Talk Football, just like a walking, casual conversation. Yeah, and we did the whole thing in Portuguese. I also did it with Cafu cool. in Portuguese. That's in Portuguese. so cool. Yeah, it tested me in real time. I struggle with those things anytime we've gone to even in Spanish, which yeah. I'm probably best at. When you have to change it from like conversational language to like cultural nuance, so going down to like Medellin and talking about violence and things like that, you want to ask the questions in a very like polite way. Yeah. And that's where you start to struggle because you try to turn it into a proper conversation. But generally, I could go into those countries and survive no problem and never feel like I'm missing something. And I tell people the way my language is with that is I wouldn't know anything that I don't regularly say in English. Like somebody was like, talk to me about the parts of this car. I'd be like, I don't know those words in English. Right, so why right, would I right. know them in yeah, another language yeah. type of thing? I'm not bilingual. I wish I was though. My, half my family can speak uh, Tagalog, which is yeah. uh, Filipino. Yeah. A lot of Spanish words, yeah. actually, because obviously Spain ruled for a very, very long time. So all our surnames are, are Spanish. Yeah. Hernandez, Riviera. And then De all, Los Reyes. Literally, like of, even of the, the first kings. names. Yeah. Lucy, Maria, all, yeah. all sort of Spanish names. But yeah, I'm not bilingual, unfortunately. On my football team, we've got about over 10 nationalities on my football team, which I think is pretty cool because it's not obviously not the biggest club in the world. Some clubs are a lot, lot bigger. But yeah, I think that's cool. I think that's like very symbolic of London, which is where we're based. Yeah. Has anything been surprising for you since you've been in France? Um, not surprising warm, or pleasantly surprising. Anything that's just... The weather? Yeah. Yeah, it's been raining nonstop. Yeah. I honestly was like, packed about six pairs of shorts, a couple of pairs of trousers or pants, as you say in the States, and it's just rained. Wow. But apart from that, nothing too surprising. Okay. You've, you've probably been to Paris quite a bit, I've been though. to... Paris is a place that you go, if you're from the UK, that's like your big first school trip, like like out of the country. If right. you go out of the country, it would be Paris probably because okay. it's literally like going to Liverpool. Yeah. It takes like two hours. Have you been uh, getting into any of the cuisine here? I've eaten a lot of bread. Yeah. I've eaten quite a bit of cheese. On the scale of one to 10 on those two things. How much bread? Not not how much, how good I is mean, it? yeah, I try not to eat too much bread anyway. Yeah. But it just, it just gets put in your face here. Yeah. You want bread with that? Yeah. You want bread with that? Yeah. You want bread with cereal? It's really good. Bread though. for breakfast? Yeah, it is really good. Yeah. Well, I went to breakfast two days ago and 
they just kept bringing more baguettes out. And I thought that, you know, a lot of times when you go to Europe, you'll get like bread and then they'll give you like one little thing of butter and one little like it's it's very much more proportion compared to the US where like if you order more, you pay more here right. in, in most places in Europe, right? So if you wanted a little thing of jam, like they'd bring you a thing. Of, like if you wanted jam, they'd bring you a little tiny thing. You'd yeah. open it and you'd use it. If you wanted more, you had to pay for more. Whereas in the US, you'd just be like, more syrup. And they just bring you like <laughs> loads of syrup. Like it's ne- it's like almost like that part of the order is like a never ending. Yeah. So with the bread thing, I was kind of shocked that they just kept bringing more bread without ordering. And I was just like, we should have just not ordered anything and just kept putting butter and jam on this Wait, bread. so you don't need to pay for the extra bread here? No, it, they yeah. just kept bringing it out, surprisingly. Yeah, we've discovered a little bakery down the road from the clubhouse, haven't we? Yeah. That we've, every single one of us has pretty much been to. Multiple times. While we were setting up right now, I just went down there. Is that where you went to? Yeah. Well, what did you come back with? Uh, I hid it uh, for the sake of <gasps> continuity. Is it the, 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 what you've been talking about this whole time? The, like the almond thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's different today. It was massive before, but I think... Is it shaped like a penis? Today is a holiday, right? Is it a holiday here? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a holiday. So I feel like they, they kind of like shortchanged everyone knowing that there was going to be a lot of foot traffic, uh. made them smaller, different shape, probably still equally as delicious. I haven't eaten it yet. Yeah, just to put context to my, what I just said then, it's a bakery in, uh, I guess, like Paris's version of Soho. I guess, right. uh, like the gay quarter. And yeah. there's a lot of penis-shaped baked goods. Yeah. Everywhere around here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. A, a, like one of their like staples for the neighborhood. Should we talk football? Yeah. All right. So, I feel like I'm caught up, by the way, <laughs> on the last four or five days of, of, of life here in Paris. Are we going to get into our first icons? Going to get into Ali Riley? So Ali Riley is the captain of New Zealand, the Ferns. I had the pleasure of meeting her at our 50-50 icons sort of art what's the word i'm looking for display exhibit that we yeah exhibit that we did in london and she's lovely really really nice and then i saw her again in brighton just before they played england and won one nil so here she is this is ali riley copper 90 icons it's kind of funny you know being somewhat of you know in the media and being the captain and you know opening my mouth and people are like you don't sound like you're from new zealand In the beginning, it was weird playing against the U.S. and playing against my college friends, playing against my teammates that I played professionally with in the U.S. But sporting-wise, football-wise, I identify so much as a football fern. I am Allie Riley. I'm from Los Angeles, California, although I play for the New Zealand national team. My dad is a New Zealander. He's from Christchurch. And I have had a citizenship since I was a baby. And then, you know, I never was in with the Olympic development squad or anything like that in the U.S. growing up. Yeah, started getting some interest from colleges and started thinking that, you know, maybe football is something that I could pursue. And at the same time, I got invited to trial with the New Zealand under 20 national team. The New Zealand Federation started investing in their women's side and made it the first ever under 20 team. And I made that team and we played the first under 20 World Cup. And then the next year was the 2007 World Cup in China. People say you could have waited and seen how college went and seen if you got picked up by the women's national team, the U.S. women's national team. But I just, I actually don't know if I've met anyone who would turn down going to a World Cup. So I didn't and played for the full national team in 2007 and the rest is history. 
Oh gosh, I think playing football has taught me everything I know aside from kind of, you know, the book smarts that I used to have in high school and in college. I mean, it's made me the person I am from being on a team with other girls and my mom is not the most, wasn't super comfortable talking about certain things that you need to teach your kids. So I think I probably learned everything about my body, about sex, about how to use a tampon, you know, from my teammates. And I think that's why, whether you play at the highest level, I think being on a team with other girls who are, you know, doing the same thing as you, whether you're similar at all in terms of your interests outside, for that two hours, however many times a week, you know, the things you talk about, relationships, boys, girls, whatever, being comfortable with myself, being comfortable with my body, having confidence, that all came from playing. Yeah, so my podcast is called Girls With Balls, obviously a play on words and you know mostly my guests are female football players although not exclusively we'll see where it goes in the future but the whole point behind it is to give female athletes or just strong females a voice and a platform for them to brag a little bit basically I just wanted to inspire young girls whether they play football or not to be able to follow their dreams and to have these strong, amazing female role models and to hear about their lives. We're in a weird time right now because I think the goal and what we're pushing for is that one day it's a choice, that female athletes don't have to have something else that they're doing. But right now, while we are doing it, I think it's really important that we embrace it and that we talk about it. When you do have eyes on you like we do, which is great, and more than more than ever before as females, that why not use that to do something good? I'm really excited for the tournament in general, of course, and I'm excited to see how we can do against a team like the Netherlands. We had them in the last World Cup, as we did Canada. It'll be interesting to see. I think they've developed a lot since four years ago, but I think we have as well. I think they have some players who are at the top of their game right now. I think they will have high expectations. I think they'll be confident going into their game against us. But, you know, I think it's going to be a really good test for us. And the pressure is definitely not on us. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what we can do. And I think obviously we really want to get out of the group and we have to beat Cameroon. And then you know, we need to get at least a point off one of those other two teams. A win would be ideal. So I think, yeah, I think we will definitely be prepared. Um, but I know that they're going to be really good. These are the icons. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. She's really cool. Yeah. Have you met her before? I haven't. She's, but I want to. Yeah, yeah. She's really, really cool. Uh, like I said, I spent a bit a time with her at our event and then saw her at the training um they're training just before the england game where they won one nil um and it was really really interesting watching them train actually i've never actually watched an international squad train before and obviously there's a lot it's a lot more open than like a men's international squad would be we got to we did get to watch the whole thing wow usually it's only like 15 minutes and then you get like ushered off because then the secrets happen, and then you know. The secrets get yeah. leaked. Sorry, all those controversial, like spying things happen during like closed quarters. We used to go down to um, qualifiers, uh, and you'd always have what looked like spies in the stadiums <laughs> because it wasn't so much. It was more of what you were looking for is is starting lineups, right? Yeah. So if you were going through set pieces or any sort of general play, if one of the teams and and the coaches would always like rotate quickly so that you couldn't really see what the starting lineup was going to be. Yeah. We could know or like working on set pieces, things like that, that you were, you might roll out against the team you were playing against. That's what you're trying to, to hide from people. What like, what do you mean you'd see like spies? You see, were they wearing like trench people coats like, and like a fake no, mustache? No, 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 that's way too <laughs> obvious. It's like uh, people like up sweeping the top row no for like the way. fourth time. Really? Things like that. I don't know if they were actually spies, but it was relatively open to, it was closed, yeah. but you could tell that there were people there. So it would disrupt more than anything, just disrupt the coach's plans to have to work on a few things to like start to roll out your starting team, move, like have a little bit of shape because then you'd have a pretty good idea. Yeah. Because it's a mystery, right? If you're preparing for a match and you allow people to see everything, you're going to have a pretty good idea of how to tactically prepare for them yeah, versus yeah. if you're going to play a different formation or certain players aren't starting, that type of stuff. You know, obviously you want to give as many tools as possible to your team to, to beat the other team. So New Zealand are faced up in a group of Netherlands, Cameroon and Canada. It's a pretty hard group, you know, Canada and Netherlands, both very good teams. Cameroon, I think, made it to the finals at Africa Cup of Nations for women's, but got beat by Nigeria. In 2016. Yep, a couple of years ago, but I yeah. think they've improved since then, yeah. obviously. I, I think I think to prove a point, they're going to have to beat either Netherlands or Canada, aren't they? Yeah, I think they finished third at this one. Um, I think it was oh, South did? Africa in the final with Nigeria. But yeah, it's going to be a tough go for them. Not to shift the subject too much, but she quickly chatted about the opportunities of playing for the U.S. versus New yeah, Zealand, right? Yeah, How hard must that be for somebody raised in a place, heritage from another place, to decide between the two? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the idea of going to a World Cup or a guaranteed spot on a World Cup team means a lot. But from more of a personal standpoint, right, of, of the criticisms of her choosing to play for another country that could come mm. or where kind of her heart stands between her and her, and her family. Because we see that a lot with the U.S. and Mexico. So sort of a lot of the Mexican-American players in the U.S. of having to choose between playing for Mexico or playing for the U.S. because you have family that's m- maybe much more connected to your heritage and maybe your first or second generation American you're still very much 
Mexican or you're still very much tied to your heritage and just having to choose between what your family wants, what you want and kind of what's right for you in your career? Yeah, I think it's a lot more of a... You see it a lot more in the women's game, I feel like. Or maybe that's because we're learning more about the players. But it just it does seem that way. Like, you'll hear someone playing for a team, but they'll have, like, an accent from a completely different country. And you're like, oh, okay, how, well, obviously, you're one of your parents is from the country that you're playing for. But in the men's game, you don't see it as much. I know Eric Dyer could have played for Portugal. Wow. But he plays for England. I think maybe his mum was Portuguese or something, yeah. and he had a Portuguese what? passport. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think it happens a lot in the U.S. because when Jurgen Klinsmann came on, they had to increase the scouting, right? So we yeah. found that we had a number of German-Americans. We started to have a large contingency of German-Americans that were born in Germany or born in the U.S. A lot of them are like uh, from military families, American right. military families, raised their whole life in Germany, barely spoke English, uh, many of them when they came into the national team, but started playing for, for the U.S. national team, as well as the Mexican-American connection. You have a lot of that. It's a major, major talking point in the U.S. Yeah, especially. I, I think it would be a hard decision to make. What she said was that um, she just got the opportunity to go to a World Cup earlier right. than maybe expected if she was going to go and play for the women's national team for right. the States. So she just took it upon herself to just like go for it. That's a hard decision because it's like, do I wait it out, maybe play for this country that I've grown up in, or do I just go now? Because it's really exciting what an opportunity to take. Well, and obviously, once you could commit, you can't really like go back and be like, actually, I'm going to go play for the States now. Right. And on a personal level, no one has the right to sort of tell you how more or less patriotic you yeah, are yeah. at any point, which is a major thing, obviously, happening around the world with sort of this nationalist right uprising in many other countries that doesn't make her any less American playing for New Zealand. Yeah, no, of Or not. any less New Zealand or... Fern or what's the <laughs> Kiwi Kiwi yeah, Kiwi, yeah. Then, then, uh, playing for uh, the US so it was interesting what she's saying about like um, the team being her family as well like I, for, for those I guess that have never played in a team environment in a sports team it's I f feel like it's hard to explain to them what it's like to mm -hmm. have a very close team some teams aren't actually that close at all they turn up they play football they don't really hang out outside of that and and that's it but like I've, I've played for teams all my life the team that I'm in with now is definitely the closest I've been to everyone and it is it is literally like an extended family it's it's kind of a bizarre feeling yeah it's a support system it's yeah. an infrastructure yeah. it's it's like she said like she learned everything that she didn't learn from her family because of uh, whether it's conservative or the comfort level within the family she learned through her peers playing in team sports should we learn a little bit more about new zealand let's do it this is inside score new zealand head to their fifth world cup and france represents the fourth of which will feature their current captain and chelsea star ali riley who in the one tournament she didn't play in was still in attendance as an 11 year old supporter of her beloved team but despite the Kiwis becoming a regular feature of the past two decades of the tournament, the football ferns, as they're known in New Zealand, are still yet to pick up a single victory in the tournament and will be hoping their qualifying campaign form, which saw them win five from five, albeit against Oceana Minnows, will continue into France. Whilst the football ferns will be desperately hoping that France is the tournament, they finally break their winless World Cup curse, things haven't got off to the best start, as the entire setup has spent most of the lead up to the tournament mired in one of the ugliest coaching scandals in the women's game. 
And for anyone who's been following the women's game recently, they'll know that with everything that's gone down in the dugouts from Canada to England, Cameroon to Australia, that's certainly some achievement. You see, whilst the coaching scandals that have plagued such setups as England and Australia are still mired in confidentiality agreements and hearsay and rumours, the crisis that has enveloped the New Zealand women's camp has all played out in the open as 13 of the players signed a governing letter refusing to play for Austrian manager Andreas Heraf barely a year into his role as head coach. Heraf was just as publicly critical in his response, telling the media, the players oppose my British style with high standards and high expectations of professionalism. They prefer a fun and family culture with a focus on making fun videos and opening up to social networking. Inside, Inside school. school. Obviously needing to get rid of Heraf and replace him, the football ferns have brought in ex-Australia and USA head coach Tom Samani, whose experience in the tournament will hopefully help the ferns to their first ever victory. Not that Haraf's convinced, of course, where he also told the media, four World Cups and they've never won a game, yet on the other hand, there's this incredible belief that they can win everything. If the Kiwis are to break their curse and finally win a World Cup match, the inspiration will most likely come from former national captain Abby Ersig, who's returned to international duty a year after a controversial exit that saw the North Carolina Courage star quit in protest at a lack of support from the National Federation and as a protest at funding cuts brought upon by the Kiwis' failure to make it out of the Rio 2016 group stage. Whilst the Kiwis' chaos in the lead-up to the tournament may be seen as a burden to most squads, with their previous four appearances at the tournament all void of controversy yet still resulting in continuous disappointment, perhaps a little crisis and controversy is needed to unite the squad and create a siege mentality that can finally lead the football ferns to their very first World Cup win and possibly even a third place finish. Yeah, never won a World Cup game. That's bonkers. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be cheering on New Zealand today, I think. Yeah, it's exciting. And I think Abby Ersig is an example of what people thought Ada Hegeberg would be when they were able to drive things forward and come back into the fold again after sort of protesting, walking away, and then coming back as, as progress started to be made. Also, Tom Sermani, you spent a little time with him, right? Yeah, he's, he's an extremely interesting character. So I interviewed him for this podcast. Um, so you'll hear from him at some point during the next sort of 20 days, 25 days. Yeah, he's uh, actually a Scottish Scottish guy, older Scottish guy. Scotland. Scotland. Scottish Scottish he has some really honest answers about the women's game. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear that interview. Now I'm like, let's roll, let's, let's roll that. Roll it now. No, we don't um, have it. I also, uh-huh. I also met Abby Ersig as well. Really? Yeah. And she's a, she's a wicked character. Super, super dedicated. If you follow her on Instagram, she will make you feel like the laziest person alive. She's literally in the gym outside of football every day like I I came back from the gym and I'd been there for about three hours and I looked at her Instagram and I was just like I might go for a run yeah (laughs) I didn't but yeah Yeah. she's extremely dedicated and um a really sort of down-to-earth cool person yeah those people the overachievers so to speak really (laughs) uh start by motivating me and then I ultimately feel depressed because (laughs) I'd be like, even when during my playing career, I'd be like heading home at two o'clock and be like, full shift today, man, long day. I'm heading home to take a nap and there'd be somebody in the gym just like going after it. I'm like, wow. Yeah, they're always those characters, aren't yeah. they? That stay and do that little bit extra. Yeah. Ronaldo is that kind of character. He is crazy. Not fat Ronaldo, the other Ronaldo. The Cristiano other Ronaldo. Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he was on the other end of the spectrum. But yeah, uh, I had heard from a guy, Tim Howard, who was goalkeeper for the national team yeah. forever, played with him at United when he was younger. Uh, and he was like, at that time, he was saying like he couldn't play for any like couldn't whip a ball in for anything but he spent all day in the gym and he spent all day after training learning to like whip a good ball in right. obviously 
all of that somehow paid off, right? Yeah, that is weird because like that is the sort of player that he's like maybe not born naturally with the best talent but has spent so much time on the training ground in extra hours and so much time in the gym he's just an absolute like machine now obviously he had some raw talent at the beginning but it's like he's worked extra 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 hard for it they did a test on him and apparently he has like the body of like a 23 year old yeah yeah he's not slowing down anytime soon he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all like you know when you say they, they get a bit slow maybe they can't jump as high they can't track back like Literally nothing has changed. Yeah, but don't you also think somebody like him... He's a robot. ...who's obviously like full of controversy off the pitch right now uh, for very bad things. But a, a, a guy like him has access to science that some of us don't yeah. financially. Yeah. Like basically like becoming a guinea pig for like cynogenics or whatever where you basically reverse aging and things like that where like the PRP injections and all those types of things yeah. that you have access to that are pretty much for people with a certain level of income can do regularly yeah yeah no totally totally even like sitting in um what are those chambers called the ice chambers like the cryo chamber cryo, cryo chambers they've yeah. opened them up in london now for like yeah. people to to use if if you if you ever tried it um i haven't no i've only sat in a bin full of ice yeah. which is as fancy as it gets but you can use those now in london you don't have to be like an athlete but it's literally like 200 pounds for like 15 minutes. Is it that expensive? Is it that expensive? Wow. Yeah. It's been going on for the last four or five years in the US. Yeah. They have individual places that have like therapy centers that have them now, but like sports facilities will have them. Right. Uh, they're starting to put them into like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Real Madrid has them installed at the training grounds now. It's a, it's a, it's a regular thing. It's a pretty intense experience, but it's only like six to eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That you do it and it's rough. Yeah. I think quite a lot of football, um, clubs now have them at their own thing yeah. i played when i played it down at fulham i played against fulham last season even they had they had one as well yeah. like it looked like a porter cabin but it was like yeah. a cryo chamber inside but yeah no i've sat in a sort of london green wheelie bin of ice really yeah those are fun though i mean it's old school they're not that you know? fun are they they're not fun but I, I was thinking it would be fun to do a, a a quiz type of show where you did uh cold tubs and with every question you got wrong, you jump, dump a bit more uh, ice into it. Yeah. Like shock factor. But they have to like dump it onto your back, obviously. You have to feel <sighs> shock immediately and then it gets colder. No. Yeah. Are you a sauna guy? Not really. I like a steam room yeah. from time to time. But saunas hurt me. Really? Yeah. Why? It's just It's just too much. It's too much. That's too hot. Your nostrils start to sting. Yeah. At one point it's at just, point. it's not that <laughs> enjoyable to me. I mean, I guess there there is like, thousands of years of proven benefits to saunas what's better post uh workout for recovery though is it ice or is it heat or is it a combination of both this is the never ending debate yeah Yeah. i mean this is the funny thing is even talking about health going back so like ronaldo and tom brady in the nfl have this like anti-inflammatory diet where they don't eat certain things they don't drink any liquids within certain hours of their meals to allow like proper digestion and not any sort of disruption to like, like really, really intensely stuff. We're like, yeah, I remember early on in my career, it was like carb loading, right? So night before the game, you got to get that pasta in. And then it's like slowly shifted to like low carb diets are more of the thing where you're relying more on the energy sources internally versus the food that you feed it. And that carbing would happen three, four days out, not the night before day of the match and all that type of stuff. And then the heat, Versus, like, they were saying that ice is the right thing to, to, to kill inflammation, but they're saying heat actually increases blood flow, which increases yeah. the ability to heal, heal. Yeah. quicker and send blood to the areas that need it to recover versus ice, which pushes it away 
uh, and does like short term kind of problem solving for like inflammation or any right. sort of swelling. Right. So I don't have the answer. God, Maybe Nadia Nadim has the answer. She's only one class away from becoming a doctor. Oh yeah, but a surgeon. I mean, she'll probably have have, have a better answer. Yeah. <laughs> still, you, I can't believe you just yeah. But it's a surgeon. A uh, surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. It's a surgeon. yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah, but a there's nurse. a specialty to that. She's not. She doesn't know about the blood flow. Yeah, I am intrigued because sometimes I go into like the sauna after workout, and I'm like, should I be taking a cold shower? I don't really know, but I prefer heat, so I'm going to sit in the sauna. Yeah, I don't know. It's just funny how fast sports science moves. Because it could be a couple of years from now where they're like, this was actually like hugely damaging to yeah. people's careers. Yeah. Hey, I've got some numbers for you. Okay. Should we get into them? Yeah, let's get back to football. Let's get back to football. Well, it's just kind of, you know, loosely based around football. Oh, but the no. first one is football. 6.1 million. 6.1 million yeah. is... Honestly, I think I, I knew this one on. already. Something to do with BBC... Yeah. And uh, TV ratings for the first match of the England women's team. Yeah, so that is how many people tuned into the BBC to watch England's opening game against Scotland. And the previous high uh, was 4 million. So we've. That's amazing. I got that one right. Almost. Sort of. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Okay. 320. 320 is. Maybe a, a traveling contingent of away fans that have traveled from one of the smaller countries? No, 320 baguettes are eaten every second in France. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And 10 billion are consumed every year. 10 billion. Yeah. Well, I've contributed about 14 so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm well on the way to increasing <laughs> that number this summer. Uh, 1920. 1920 uh, was uh, the year that. Uh, the f- first year of the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> no. When was the first? It was, I think it was, it was like in like 90s. the ninety. Yeah, 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 when it was yeah, officially yeah. called the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> no, 1920 was France's first international women's match against Dick Kerr's ladies, uh, and the French side lost two 0 in front of twenty five thousand people. Who is Dick Kerr's ladies? Uh, Dick Kerr's ladies is a team in the UK, which I, th- I mean, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think was a football team that was. Um, put together around uh, a factory, and okay. Dick Kerr was the factory. Wow! I think I can't believe you know that. I was actually expecting you to be like, "Let me get back to you on that." Well you done. know what? I'm going to fact check that and come back to you on tomorrow's podcast. A wealth of almost knowledge, if you yeah, didn't get almost, it right, but it sounded good. <laughs> yeah. uh, four hundred billion. Uh, four hundred. Jeez. Uh, the amount of uh, plastic bottles that are around <laughs> the planet that are not being recycled probably but but no that's yeah. not what i've got the number for so 400 billion euros is the estimated worth of the eiffel tower wow yeah why is that is it um, gold? Made of i gold? don't i have no idea but apparently the eiffel tower was originally intended to be built in barcelona not paris but the tower's design was rejected by the spanish yeah as they do well that was a mistake yeah all right, the last one, 14. I thought you were going to get to something there. Uh, 14. Um, 14 would be the amount of teams that have played so far in the World Cup. I actually don't know if that's true. That might be true. Say it confidently and they'll believe it. Yeah. No, no one it, has the time to fact check anymore. Oh, it is. Is it right? Is it no oh, way? Yeah. Really? <laughs> you don't even get to tell me the, the, whatever your question was because oh. I just shooting from the hip. Occasionally wow. you get it right, you Jeez. know? Okay, well, yes, but the one I had down was 14 is 
the biggest scoreline that the French national women's team have had, 14-0, twice against Algeria in 1998 and then again against Bulgaria in 2013. You know, interestingly enough, New Zealand's qualifying campaign was usually against sort of Oceania teams yeah. and those are pretty massive like scorelines. Yeah, like really, really big beatings on like teams. But I think it was Ali Riley or somebody that I had read an article where she was like, it actually is a, an important thing for us because we're ambassadors for the sport. Yeah. And we go to these countries that don't even have football and they, they put together a team to play against us and we're hoping to like inspire the next generation of women in these countries, which was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, that is it for today. Another day gone. Football Inside Out. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss out on an episode. And if you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review. And get in touch because we'd love to hear from you. Send us emails and voice notes to football Football Inside Out at Copa90.com. We'd love to share it on the show and discuss whatever is on your mind. And tweet us using the hashtag, hashtag Copa90InsideOut. That is it. See you later. Copa90, Football Inside Out. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market